Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Just a Tad on the DTF Podcast. My name is Sam Norton. We've been away for a while, but it's because I'm fucking moving. I'm going to Canada, so you guys, uh, you guys know this. Uh, I've already said this. Yeah, I've said it many times before, and uh, it's it's official. We're going at the the end of uh, what this will probably actually this may come out by the time I'm already moved. So hi, Canada. I'm in Canada now. Uh, I I just lost you all. You have no right now. I'm in Chicago. Uh, I'm in the basement of an artist. Uh, I met up uh, with a friend of mine. We're going to talk about international comedy, and uh, I want you guys to get to know her because she's going to be famous. I'm going to be open up for her in uh, I don't know Malaysia. You want to go to Malaysia? You want to go to the beaches of Malaysia? I'd love to go to Malaysia. And then we can fly and then die, like that one plane. Uh, For all the people who know someone who's on that plane, uh, they're gone. Condolences. Oh, no, they're just gone. They're gone. Yeah, they just left you. They're still alive. They're just like in Hawaii with a second life. With Elvis, no? Yeah. No, Tupac. Tupac. Yeah, no, Elvis died. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go ahead, introduce yourself to the audience, and then we'll get into it. Sonal, please, go. Hey, what's, guys. What's your whole deal? Uh, my deal is I'm a brown woman in Trump's America, baby. Yeah, we're fighting the man. Fighting the man. You know, if there's if Donald Trump could get a following, if there if Donald Trump has an audience, there's hope for any of us, Sam. Yes, especially me, because I'm also a white man full of hate. Lord Cheeto gives me hope. <laughs> I call him orangutan titties. That's good. I yeah, like that better he than he has them. orange titties. The orange Skeletor. Everything is basically orange. He's too fat to be Skeletor. That's true. Even He's though like Scorch- a Jabba. He's like an orange Jabba kind of Star Wars. He's actually like an orange Jello mold. <laughs> That's a thing. With powdered sugar on top. He who shall not be named is pretty good. Like Voldemort. Voldemort. Voldemort style. I mean, it's humiliating. It's humiliating on a global level what's happening. You know, everybody's watching. I like it because I'm in comedy. This is the only profession where it works. So I'm I'm not ashamed. I'm like, yeah, he's our president. Now I get to make fun of him. Did for we a not have of... enough funny things to talk about before? Nah, yeah, it was hard to make fun of Obama. Like, you could criticize. Very stylish. But it was really hard to, it was really hard to like, hey, you know Obama, that really cool guy. He got a Nobel Peace Prize, but is also killing people with robots. It's like that's Loser. not very funny. Mm, but Trump being a fucking maniac, uh, there's a lot of humor there until the pussy's grabbing back. Yeah, it's great. I've never heard the word pussy so much in my entire life. I really all right before we're we're gonna get into international stuff, but <laughs> I gotta say uh, that is one thing that I do have to give Donald Trump credit, which made me throw up in my mouth a little bit. But hat tipping, hat tipping. He did actually make pussy not a curse word anymore. Yeah. And he did it in within like th- three weeks because everybody, weeks. like the news was saying pussy all the time and then the during the women's marches those hats were called pussy cat, pussy hats? Pussy hats. Pussy hats. There were little girls running around with pussy hats and um, then like stay away from my pussy. So one of my favorite words now, if a club owner tells me I got to be clean, I get to say pussy cuz I'm like, well, the news and the president say pussy. So pussy and pussy I'm pussy. grabbing back, you tell them, Sam. Yeah, I'm, I'm grabbing the pussy back. So also no guy who gets pussy says I'm grabbing pussy. <laughs> no. They're, they're not bowling balls. No. You don't just I mean unless you're paying for it because that's the only way that you get it, right? You no, throw I think the if money you're and you grab I think if you try to pay for it and then you don't get it, then you grab it. Then, okay. Because it's definitely uh, 
You don't have to grab it if it's given to you. You massage it. You tickle it. The Jade Gate. The Cave of Wonders. The Jade Gate? Yeah. What green pussies are you around? I, I don't know. Your wife's Asian. I thought. <laughs> yes. Her pussy is hard and green. That's why I like it. So, it, it's um, uh, shaped from marble. Anyways, so. Mine's, uh, mine's dipped in various masalas and chai spices. <laughs> my, my, name, my name's Sona Lagerwal, and I have been uh, roaming little vagabond gypsy self for about 12 years. And um, I ended up on stage quite a lot all over the world and doing lots of emceeing and being very funny. So I've done a lot of unofficial Stand-up, yeah. You know, where it's like, if there's nobody in the audience who knows what stand-up is, you get up there and you just talk into a microphone for 15 minutes, which is quite a long time. Yeah, yes. As we, you know, you can just get up there and, as a, as a woman just teasing and poking at men, women are in love with you immediately. You know, yeah. Like, How about these men, right? Bunch of idiots. And the women are like, ah, I love you, They try finally, to grab your pussy. Finally! I didn't even know that we're allowed to say that into a mic. It's like, well, I'm American, I got rights. yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of, that's very, as embarrassing as it is being American, you know, there's some cool sides. Like we have, we're in theory empowered and we have rights, quote unquote. I'm doing little quote marks in yeah. there right now because that kind of stuff doesn't apply. To know, a lot of people. To a lot of, well, and, and it's, it's conceptually, it's funny. You know, like I make jokes about being a patriot because I'm a brown woman. So yeah, yeah. I can be chanting USA, you know, at the badminton club in Berlin. And as I defeat everyone, going, in your face, Deutsche. <laughs> and it's ironic because it's like, what, who, what is this? She's like a clown. She's like a clown Whereas I am the stereotypical American. Oh, I'm yeah, a blonde haired, blue eyed, white Protestant boy from the, all, I'm, I grew up two hours from the exact geographic center of America. So to we could. To the alt right. Yeah, just just she to the alt right. Two degrees yeah. <laughs> to the alt right. We, you look, you look a very handsome Aryan boy. I'm not Aryan. I'm Celtic. I mean, you look it. Oh, for sure. Thank like, you. I appreciate. Hitler would have been a big fan. I would have been able to survive in Germany. <laughs> I don't know any German except how to say "you are shit," but that's it. Du bist mein Zuckerkuh. That means you are my sugar cow. In German. German. That's a good one for the little street gypsies when they try to hustle money off you. Oh well. Oh, I grew up around gypsies as well. Where? In, in Kansas? Yeah, in Wichita. There was like a small community of, we're not supposed to call them gypsies. We're supposed to call them thieves. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, my, and my dad had like a weird prejudice. Like there was like three families and he used to manage a retail store and they would always come in and like shoplift. But like, that was his only experience with gypsies. And so he was like, they're all thieves. I'm they're like, all it's thieves. one family, literally one family. I mean, yeah, gypsy now has come to me in a number of things. And if you go to Rajasthan, the state in India, in the desert where they're from, they are very annoying. Wait, I thought they were Transylvanian. Uh, I think the original, there's a movie, Gypsy Caravan, and it goes through all these different places in Spain and the flamenco gypsies and the Transylvanian gypsies, Bulgarian yeah. gypsies, and they all root back. So gypsies are like Jews. They spread out, but they're all from one promised land. And very annoying about money. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, gypsies and Jews, both uh, that money thing. Get them in that oven. So you traveled, uh, how many countries have you been to? Oh, I Just mean, to I have context. Compared to people that travel and compared to, you know, like Azur Usman, for example, who is big in, for me, a big, an international comedian. Sure. Like he's very Chicagoan. And look, see, we're doing it. We're yeah. talking about comedy. We're doing it. We're doing it. And he's been to way more countries, but his work has taken him everywhere. You know, like, I've taken myself and then found work. 
and found little hustle, you know, and like, okay, I'll do some. So how many countries? Might be about 15 or something. 15? Yeah, 15, probably around. Dude, I've been to three. Which ones have you been to? Canada. That counts. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It counts to my white trash ass. And then China. Oh, that's both. Dope. Both of which my wife took me to because she's Chinese Canadian. You're like a linebacker in China. I know. I'm, <laughs> You're like, I'm the biggest boy. For I'm, those of you who can't see, haven't seen Sam, he's like a sweet boy size in yeah, America. I'm 5'5. Five five. <laughs> and I weigh 150 pounds. And you would be like huge yeah. in China. Like you get to wear large. I, I did get to. Before we were talking on the podcast, I got a suit in China and I'm a large. That's Here. It. Here in uh, <laughs> here in America, I'm also a large, but it's a child large. <laughs> so whenever I go get fitted for a tuxedo, I have to go to boys' warehouse, not men's warehouse. <laughs> oh so that's fun. Uh, for me too. When I'm back in India, it's we're huge. We're it's like I'm not even that big. I'm no, five, you're like seven. a for people who can't see Sono, which is everybody listening. She's a big fat gross person. <laughs> it's it's disgusting sitting around her. Skinny I, bitches are evil. Oh yeah, we're talking about Monique. We were talking about Monique the first time. Um, my relationship to comedy and my relationship to shifting worldviews. And um, as a girl, a woman, whatever, you know, growing up, you're just this beauty standard, Western beauty standard. And you know that it's wrong and toxic, but you don't, there's not somebody who's articulating that. And it's also hard to break that pattern if you've never heard somebody else who's figured out the combination. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because you're you're thinking of doing things one way, and then if someone knows the combination, they just go, "Oh, here's the combination." You go, "Oh, that's how you fucking unlock it." I've been working on that for years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You knew the combination the whole time. And now I know how to do it. Uh, yeah, it and, takes that one little spark. And especially when you're surrounded by women who have the same body as me and are just like disgusted by themselves. You know, like, oh, look at this little bit of chub under my arm or this little love handle it's like that's so that you're handled with love or whatever you yeah, know? Yeah. i mean monique's like a big woman yeah no she's like a real fat gross she's gorgeous stop she's a goddess she stop living gross right that's me. gross 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 she's like a. she's beautiful she's uh she's like the new big mac extra large she's like um yeah, she's large and in charge. And you, she came you play on the stage. person on the, this episode. You're gonna play the person everybody likes, and I'll play the person play everybody the hates, Aaron. and nobody's yeah. gonna listen to me <laughs> ever again. This is my podcast, and I'm ruining it already. But you're so charming. Oh, thank you. That's why. That's the power. You know, like in my relationship to comedy, I'm really trying to balance the charmy and cute and funny, and you get them on your side, and then you can be scary. You know, because I've I've been working on this like, please shut the fuck up, white girls bit you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and immediately it was like you, no you're you're terrifying everyone if you see at least three people in the room with their shoulders up by their ears it means you've lost everyone and everyone's really scared and i'm like okay well i gotta work on it then i gotta stop you start it. to read uh, at some point you'll start to read the audience uh this is to you guys listening at some point in comedy you start to read the audience as one face so like whenever you're in a conversation with somebody and you know that you say something fucked up because they're like subconscious facial tics start moving you unless you're autistic then you're fucked but like <laughs> if you read somebody's face you're like oh what i meant to say and you start to read an audience of three four hundred people as one face to where you're like oh i can feel that i need to say something different to read the rooms because they they just you know collectively gasp or it Whoa. didn't get you know what i mean so Whoa. the audience becomes one giant face how that you interesting. Can read. I mean, exactly like how do you then read a room of a few hundred people? 
they they all become one collective person for that uh, that amount of time. That is that is very interesting to me. That now very... now there are exceptions, you know, if someone's heckling, uh, but again you got to read the audience as a whole because you got to read okay is just this one person heckling or is this one person the voice of the whole audience like are they allowing them to heckle or do they want me to shut them up so you got to be able to read like are they on the heckler side or are they on my side and so you got to read again the face of the audience do they have a frown or do they have like a fucking help us out type thing which i feel like would be easier in a room where you can see everybody you know and maybe there's only 12 people in the audience yeah it's hard whenever you can't see everybody but you or just like there's so many faces that you see that it's like oh look these people look like they're on board this guy looks like he's on his phone this guy looks like very yeah. upset it it just <laughs> becomes second nature of reading the room okay but it is very much like reading a face that you're talking to that's so interesting to me because I very much enjoy going into a room where there's like, okay, there's nobody here. This is like a no pressure, no string is attached show. Sure. You know, and you can just go in like, oh, whoa, settle down, everybody, settle down. But the like, goal to get to, you know, people that we like is to feel that way when you're in front of, you know, 2,000 people. Okay. Doing it. The, yeah, the same way you would go into a, like a shit open mic or a shit show where there's only like four people and you just go like, well, I can say whatever the fuck I want. The goal is to do that in front of 2000 people who pay you know you know 40 bucks to see you or whatever that's a that's a hard thing but it's uh, what makes people great i think so in my travels you know like america gets hated on big time right the states gets hated on big time yeah we're like the tom brady of the world oh i can't believe you brought tom brady into this. i mean that's I'm fine true. with donald but not <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not Tom. And here's the thing: like, there's no reason to really I'm hate it. Tom Brady, but we all do because it's just like, <laughs> man, just and maybe you have he's too much. Really nice. Yeah, and that's America. It's like kind of nice. I'm sure there's bad things, but just have too much. And just very just imposing the presence. Yeah, no one's like very. But then there are things that very much are like uh, the blues, you know, and the different type genres of music that evolved from American culture. There is such a thing. American. Non-white American culture. Uh, well, stand-up, for example, I think. Again, non-white. Well, I guess Mark Twain may have been the first, but uh, stand-up really originated with uh, uh, vaudeville and um, uh, what's wow well, shit in vaudeville they had burlesque. No, it was burlesque too, but it was vaudeville. Because burlesque acts, was originally but they had about the, uh, celebrating the body and being comedic about it. Yeah, but the stand modern stand up like Lenny Bruce started there, but like old stand up like before <coughs> people really knew what it was stand up like monologuing basically uh, was through vaudeville acts and a lot of uh, black entertainers used to be the MCs. They would go up there and do little skits. It was very like blackface type representation, the step and fetcher type shit. But it was the first monologuing and going like, all right, everybody, you ready to have a good time? That was like the first type, almost like carnival type shit. But it was mainly uh, like poor white folks and black folks doing it. And then that. how quickly was it culturally appropriated by uh, the white man? Well, just like everything else, pretty quick, I'm sure. But yeah, I, I would say the first real big name stand up was probably Mark Twain, though. So Really? Yeah. Because he used to go on lectures after he stopped writing. He just went on lecture halls where he's in front of theaters just talking shit. Old Samuel Clemens. Yeah. You're just another Sam. Yeah. You I'm just another Samuel Clemens. You're just another Samuel Clemens. Yeah. I gotta have a new fucking name. Anyways. All right. So let's... Uh, <laughs> I can but talk that's to you for then, hours. But that's then something that's 
people admire and appreciate about this. You know, like, if I was ever in the States, I'd love to go to a comedy show. People have said that to me and without any content, just because I'm a funny person. Yeah, yeah. Going around the place. I mean, people were like, you should do stand-up. You should go back to the States and do, because that's a thing that yeah. exists in the place that you're from. And now to see how it's evolving all over the world. That other people are starting to do it. And other people are starting to do it. And there was a girl from um, from China who was here. What was her name? Pandora. You remember yeah, her? Yeah, I remember Pandora? her. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, there's a room in Beijing. There was one in Shanghai when I was up there, too. And there's a room in yeah. Shanghai. And that was so... Because when I think of China, I think of like, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Dalai Lama is a terrorist. You know, and all this propaganda machine and all of this kind of like scary stuff. And... Um, What's up, buddy? Boys have a penis. Girls have vagina. <laughs> Sorry, we had to stop. There was a kid about to puke and wanted to say hi to Sono, so. I'm very popular with the kids. Yeah. I'm a big fan. What about you? You get along with kids? Yeah, I'm, like, fantastic with kids. Kids are one of the best teachers of language. Like, I've had amazing... Uh, German lesson with little with some of these little gypsy kids in the street because they have the patience. You know, adults don't have the patience. Adults are like, forget it, let's just speak in English. Well, they also have a limited vocabulary too. That, I mean, they not necessarily. You've seen three, four year olds be very articulate and express themselves. And you can, I've, I've had oh, really? a whole conversation with four year olds. Oh well, I'm an idiot, so <laughs> I was. I may not be able to keep up with a four year old then. I know some really broke af kids. Oh, we were talking about the, the room and that there's a room in Shanghai. Yeah, there's rooms everywhere. Room in Beijing. That's and when I think of China, I think of like shh. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and this is a Chinese woman who's like coming over and she's doing her material in her broken English and she was killing it. She was super funny. Well, a good friend of mine uh, uh, <laughs> moved uh, from Malaysia, which is also one of those countries where you're like, ah, eh, like. I, I, I always thought it was like super keep your mouth shut, very religious type thing. And it is. In I guess some... they're like low-key Muslim. Yeah. Are... No, some of them... Very... Oh, okay. Yeah. Very okay. I, I mean, I think so. I don't know. I've never been there. so But I can make sweeping generalizations. <laughs> I'm American. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, his name Nigel, and he moved here. He's fantastic, and they moved out to London. So he's been everywhere, too. So it's it's crazy, the, the swing of things. And then I met... When I was out in Portland, I met a guy... I don't remember his name, so I apologize. But I met a guy uh, who's uh, been a Japanese uh, comedian for like 23 years, but he just started stand-up because it started to become a thing out in Japan. So, and he's really good too, and he's traveling internationally. So it's cool that there's like a zeitgeist moment. Yeah, happening. it's it's crazy that, and I wonder if it will um, it'll play a role in helping a not just national dialogues in those country, but international dialogues. About. Now, I want to go... Um, we're going to pause it, because I want to go into... Uh, we made a list of like our favorite international comedians. And we're going to play some clips so you guys can hear what international comedy sounds like. It sounds like everything else, but these people... Uh, I'll break it down. We're going to hear from Eddie Izzard, who you guys know is uh, my favorite comedian of all time. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's it, my favorite. He's amazing. You should listen to episode one. I break down all my favorite comedians. Okay, yeah. Uh, he's got a great sense of style. He's also. the greatest. Uh, his last stand-up special is not that good, but I think it's because he's focusing on running for uh, office. Amazing. So, That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, Getting he funny, speaks... smart people. I think he speaks four languages. 
And last time I saw him, he uh, just performed in Germany for like a World War II benefit show, then flew overnight here to Chicago and performed uh, the same act, but in English. So he performed it in French one day, then Germany the next day, then flew overnight and then performed it in English, which I... And he's English. And he's English, yeah. So that shout out to... Well, technically he's English, but he was born in Yemen. Okay, so that's a little bit of a leg up. Because English people and American people are deeply plagued by this limiting belief system that we're, you're bad at languages. And I would like to shift that belief. And now we can go ahead well, and get this We're bad at language because we're not taught any languages at a younger age. Because it's harder the older But you're also you taught that you're bad at languages. Well, that that's true too. Yeah. Well, we're taught that you just don't have to. Yeah. That's the main thing. Not that we're bad at it. It's just like, you just speak American. But then, I mean, you speak like a Spanish speaking person with the heaviest accent from Spain, for example, will be like, I English want, I yes, English. You yeah. Know? Just like I'm doing it versus, and you know, because I've seen a lot of this traveling and then you'll see an English person who's like, oh, I'm a bit shy at languages. I'm just really bad. And the monologue about how bad they are, it's like that could have been three words that you learned. Well, it's because they language. know the, the reason we have such a complex is because depending on where you grow up in either England or America, you hear the fucking behind-the-scenes shit-talking that someone's like, oh, did you hear that guy's stupid fucking accent? Fuck him. <laughs> and so when you go abroad, all you can hear is that dumb redneck voice in somebody else's language of, like, like when I went to China, I was, like, trying to speak, but I knew that some of the places that we went to were, like, China's Alabama. So there was going to be some Chinese guy being like, that fucking dumb American can't even speak Chinese. Fuck him. But, I get, except in the Chinese Alabama accent. I get made fun of in my own house by my parents yeah. and my family when I'm speaking in Hindi. They're like, oh my God, your it's accent so bad. is hilarious. Yeah, my like, my in-laws do that too. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm the one who makes fun of your accent. Yeah, not the other one. Right? <laughs> All right, so we're listening to so your Eddie favorite. Eddie Izzard. And then... Uh, one well, mutual favorite. Tommy Tiernan. God, I love Tommy. Uh, I think I might play something from... Uh, his special that he did here in Chicago because he's an Irish comedian. Wicked. Yeah, and uh, he's also a painter. But Tommy Tommy travels all across Europe. He speaks uh, English, but I think he... No, he doesn't speak Irish because that's one of his jokes is that he doesn't know a fucking word of it. Does he not speak any gay? Like, okay. Yeah. John, the Okay, yeah, this guy John Moriarty, this writer, he's from Connemara. They definitely speak Gaelic out there. They're like, yeah, no, there, there are people, but... Uh, Tommy, doesn't. Tommy doesn't, and he's got a joke about it. He's like, I don't, or I would speak Irish, but I don't understand a fucking word of it. Uh, then we're gonna play. What? Sorry, what was that comic's I'm name? I'm going to introduce this guy named Virdas that I ironically don't know or follow so much of his work, but as an Indian person, he's from India. He sold out like a huge venue here in Chicago, three a nights, a stadium. Yeah, yeah Rosemont Horizon Center Stadium. Like twenty dollars ticket sold out. I don't know a single person that went, and I consider myself. I don't somebody... even know a single person that knew that he was here. Well, it, I'm brown though. But I'm saying comedy wise. Comedy wise, you didn't know. Yeah, comedy wise, like, you didn't know a single person. Brown, I didn't know a single person, and then and homies yet, like sold out yeah. the stadium. So I'm like, the potential and scope of the work that we're doing is much bigger than people realize. The more the world gets globalized, the more opportunity of being able to travel to these places and play 
it, with success. That was just a little pro-globalization. The New World Order is coming. Subliminal yeah, messages. I, nobody can help it. <laughs> you just have to sit back and put the chip in your face. And uh, was there somebody else? Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to play some Trevor Noah. Because oh, everybody Trevor. knows. I think he's the oh, most Trevor. well-known, at least here in America, the most well-known international comedian. And he speaks like 15 languages or something. Yeah, and he speaks even the like the one that I've never heard anybody speak. Uh, the clicky. Yeah. I don't know what it's. I don't know what it's called, but I know that it's the where you wrap it and bind that that yeah. thing. Uh, and he interviews in these languages. Yeah. And he works in these, and he does stand up. And it, and he's on one of the biggest shows uh, in comedy ever. He took over for The Daily Show, which so, John Stewart pretty much single handedly was like, "Yep, that kid, that kid." Yeah, yeah. Which is great. So all of these people are making moves. We'll come back and talk about the the scope of things. But just sit back and enjoy some of the clips, and we'll be right back. learn a different alphabet you know i mean it's essentially the same it just has a different fucking rhythm to it you go into a montessori and cab and you see the kids there sitting on the little plastic fucking chairs going hey fucking b fucking c fucking d fucking e fucking f fucking g fucking h fucking i fucking j fucking k fucking l and fucking p fucking q fucking r fucking s fucking t fucking u fucking b fucking w fucking x fucking y fucking z now I fucking know me fucking ABC! <laughs> you fucking sing along with me! You cunt. <laughs> I think you can tell a lot about uh, whatever type of people that you're uh, with. You can tell, have a guess as to what they're like from the sound of their language. You wouldn't understand it, you know. I mean, you wouldn't necessarily understand, like, the Irish languages, you know. O Uignus Dork, O Kainch Huntoch, Heer Eggbag. Now, I know a lot of you didn't understand that, <laughs> but you can just sense from the sound of it, we've been through a lot as a people. <laughs> I was in Finland, that part of Scandinavia and Europe, and the language up there, I had no idea what they were saying either, but it's just a different kind of hen. Hen, men, hen, 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 I think they're the most depressed cunts that ever lived. Hen, 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 men, men. Hen, men, hen, 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 hen. It's great, you can roll out of bed in any mood you want to be left alone for the day. Hen, men, hen, 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 hen. Yeah, so, uh, so I'm into this. I'm into this idea. This idea, it, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a positive thing, man. And uh, I took my last show, my last show, Glorious, I took to, uh, to Paris and I did it in French. For the, uh, and the, the French people came and they stared at me uh, with that look on their eyes of, quoi? Um, 
because you know there's there's no stand up in France and and um, and they're not used to English people speaking French. But I was doing it, you know, because I thought it would be a positive. Because we could be the biggest melting pot in the world, biggest melting pot in the world, 500 million people. All we got to do is melt a bit, just move it around, <laughs> fucking move it around. And it was partly that and partly just to go, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I did that and I learned French at school up to the age of 16. And, uh, and then I just kept talking it endlessly after that. And, uh, and at school, the first page I ever learned in French was full of things which are difficult to get into a conversation. Uh, things like, the mouse is underneath the table. La souris est en dessous de la table. <laughs> just slip that in when you're buying a ticket to Paris. <laughs> Le train à Paris, oui. C'est ici, c'est maintenant, c'est cinq minutes. La souris est en dessous de la table. <laughs> the, the, the other line was, uh, the cat is on the chair, le chat est sur la chaise, slightly more easy to fit in. And the monkey is on the branch, le singe est sur la branche. Very difficult to get into a conversation. <laughs> Not a lot of jungle in France. Monkeys, thin on the ground. Thin in the air, just generally pretty trim, and yeah, so it, it just wasn't working. I mean, we go to bars and cafes. That's where we go. We go to bars and cafes. We sit there and we and we have chats in the, the cafes. Oui, j'aime beaucoup le café, le café noir, oui, très fort et très chaud, <laughs> avec un cuir dedans. Ah, le virage de la cuillère, le virage de la poitrine. Je mets la cuillère dans la bouche. Je suis le président de Burundi. Ah oui, Burundi, euh, je le connais bien. Oui, C'est tout près de Zaire, oui. Tout près de Mozambique. Non, Tanzanie, Tanzanie. Oui, j'ai les appris quand j'ai la box de poulet. Je dois partir maintenant parce que ma grand-mère est flambée. Et... If you don't speak French, by the way, all that was fucking funny, all right? We go and get hotel rooms for the night. Vous avez une chambre, monsieur? Oui, nous avons les chambres. Nous sommes un hôtel. Okay. Je voudrais une chambre uh, avec un grand lit, un grand lit, a large bed, avec un vue de la mer, vue, uh, view of the sea. Uh, avec, uh, avec, un, avec une douche uh, with a spider. Oui, monsieur. Uh, C'est chambre, chambre 40, 42, monsieur. 42, merci beaucoup. Mais la souris est en-dessous de la table. Le chat est sur la chaise. Et le singe est sur la branche. Quoi? Il y a un singe sur la branche. Le chat, la souris. Listen, the number one thing I've heard Trump supporters say, number one thing, I love him because he says what's on his mind. He just says what's on his mind. He just says what's on his mind. You go, what are your thoughts on his policies? I don't know about his policies. He just says what's on his mind. I thought that was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard. So I went to visit my mother, my own mother, Iranian lady. She had fallen for the line. My mom goes, Maz, I like this guy because he say what is on his mind. 
I go, Mom, are you crazy? He's anti-immigrant. If he became president, your relatives couldn't come to visit you. She goes, I don't like them anyway. <laughs> It's a lot of immigrants actually like Trump. A lot, of a lot of immigrants get into this country and they don't want any more of them coming. <laughs> I swear to God, I was in an Uber with an older Armenian guy. This guy loved Trump. Barely spoke English, but he loved Trump. He was trying to tell me what a great politician he is. He kept saying what a great politic he is. The whole drive, this guy, Donald Trump, number one politic, very good politic, number one politic, very good, number one politic, very good, number one, very good, number one, very good, number one, very good. Finally, I go, dude, he's anti-immigrant. You're an immigrant. He goes, yes, but I'm here. <laughs> yeah. For me, good politics. For my cousin, not good politics. Very bad politics. <laughs> I actually think that Trump does not want to win. I really do. I think that I, he's, the, he's a megalomaniac billionaire businessman. He wants to make money. You don't make money as a president. I think he wants to lose. I really do. And I, that, that's why he says so much crazy stuff. And then that, that tape came out where he said, if you want to pick up women, you got to grab them by the... I went to my mom and go, Mom, did you hear what he said? So if you, gotta, you want to pick up women, you got to grab them by the... She goes, reminds me of your father. I love American movies, I do. I love American movies. You make Whiplash and we love you for it. And then you make Twilight and I understand why other countries attack you. No, I was an Indian, so I'm academic about shit, right? So I sat down to watch Twilight to understand this, okay? This is American romance. So this chick falls in love with a vampire, but not just any vampire, the pansiest, most malnutrition vampire in the world. Just this sparkling, bluish, Auschwitz survivor-looking vampire. But not just that, she also falls in love with a wolf. Yeah, a wolf who doesn't know that shirts exist. His nipples are the most expressive part of his body. And this chick and this bottle of Windex and this German Shepherd have this weird, creepy threesome, right? In the first part, she hooks up with the vampire and the wolf is like her brother. In the second part, she fucks her brother. In the third part, her and the vampire have a daughter, and then the brother who fucks the mother in the final part fucks the daughter. That's not romance, that's an Amish family tree, all right? The highlights of my trip came when on my day off, I asked Ali for suggestions. Ali said to me, maybe you should drive around Rusaka, meet some of the people, you know, just have a good time. I said, Ali, I want to do something special. I said, ah, okay, well, in that case, Maybe you can go to the mall. And if you are lucky, maybe you can ride the escalators, huh? <laughs> so what? Yeah, I'm not promising anything. But if you are early, maybe you can go once or twice. So escalators, I know, mind-blowing, huh? <laughs> I thought he was messing with me. Until I found out people in Zambia go to the mall just to ride the escalators. <laughs> Seems ridiculous. Until you understand the backstory. When we were in Zambia, there were only five public escalators. Five. In the whole country. The first escalator was built in August. Yeah. Not August 19. <laughs> no, no, no. You guys remember August? August, 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 August? You guys remember that? They built their first escalators ever. Yeah. And so now it's all the rage. People go to the mall just to ride escalators. Yeah. 
But now, I don't want you to picture like some dusty village. That's not what Zambia is. It's a beautiful place. They're developing just as we, as we are. They've got roads. They've got airports. They've got, they've got beautiful hotels, stunning shopping malls. They've got everything we've got, even faster internet. They just never had escalators. And now they started building them. And because of that, people go there and they just spend a day riding escalators. <laughs> Dads will go home and fetch their kids. Children, we are going to the mall. To do what, daddy? To do shopping. Ah, and to ride the escalators. Yay! We couldn't believe this, so we went to the mall, right? We get to the mall, the mall is empty. Escalators are packed. People are standing in lines, going around, doubling back on themselves. There's old people, young people, even couples. There were couples, guys that actually picked up women by saying, I'm going to take you to the escalator, girl. Said, Ooh, you are so fancy, eh? Okay, we're back. Uh, we just listened to Eddie Izzard, Tommy Tiernan, uh, Verdas, Verdas, uh, Maz Jabrani, and Trevor Noah. Uh, oh, we forgot to mention Maz before. Oh, Maz Jabrani. Oh, Maz yeah, you guys heard Maz Jabrani on there, so he was great. Maz is a legend. Uh, my friend Alan Grafton, shout out to, uh, by the way, if you guys are wondering what that click is, uh, there's an artist working upstairs chiseling off a dick off a statue, so that's cool. Yeah, Michelangelo is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but my friend Alan Grafton, uh, who's a comic that I started with in Kansas City, worked with Maz Jabrani. Uh, Maz really likes him, and so anytime he was here... Uh, at like the improv, uh, Alan would open up for him. Uh, so Maz liked him a lot, but his audience fucking hated Alan. Like every time he came home, really? he was just like, "Yeah, man, I don't, I didn't know how to get him." And so it was always. And Alan's like a very. And Maz didn't care. No, because he enjoyed Alan's. He likes comedy. him. Yeah, oh, and it's so not funny. like Alan. Alan's super funny, and uh, he's also uh, what I call a button-up comic, where he's not saying anything harsh, political, he's very much like a more Jerry Seinfeld type comedian. And jokey. Yeah, so he should fit, but I think I think it was one of those things that Maz is so big to his fans that anyone in front of Maz people hate. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, unless you fucking murder all you're doing is ju you're just a person in Wasting the way of time. Yeah, yeah. you're in the way of us there was just like Indian people like, uh, we paid thirty dollars to see Maz, not this fucking guy. Like I think that's what was going on. But he's opened up for him multiple times, which I think is great. Um, so what I want to get into, because I, I actually have a theory on international comedians that I okay, want to ask you. Break it down. Because you're a you're also a hippie. Um, I think the role of comedy, at least in America, uh, has been to uh, start and then uh, have progress on a dialogue, whatever the dialogue is. Uh, and I think it's the one art form that, um, like the, people say a picture paints a thousand words, but a picture is also up for way more interpretation than uh, words. words are. And I think that uh, poetry and literature uh, are also words. Uh, so there's not a lot of uh, about the same amount of interpretation between spoken word and written word. However, I think comedy uh, has a little bit of levity to it, so it allows people to talk about harsh things without feeling that harshness in their heart, like they talk about it openly. So I think comedy is the best of both worlds on art form. Now, with uh, the advent of international travel and comedy, I think it can start not only national dialogues, but it can start making global 
dialogues where, like you said, uh, Monique kind of changed your worldview uh, with skinny bitches. With skinny are bitches. Evil. Yeah, uh, that was a thing that you've never, you probably thought about it, but you never heard someone articulate. And with me, certainly not in a funny way. Yeah, and even with me in my adult life, uh, the reason I like Trevor Noah especially. Uh, was one, I've never heard that African language before, so that was like just a new experience of like, holy shit, there's someone speaking a language that I thought I'd have to watch like National Geographic or some shit like that. Uh, but also to hear his story and his fantastic jokes about apartheid made me more aware that because I'm very... The history. Yeah, well I'm very American-centric, so I think that every bad racial thing has happened here. Or That's the way in they history. were taught also, like racism was invented Yeah, it was invented in here, and then oh, yeah. I, unless you go back to the slave trade, it's, you know, everything else is Every, fine, but it made me go like, oh along. shit, that was happening in the 80s somewhere else in a very similar vein. <laughs> so this is a long way to get to this, but I'm saying I think international comedy now allows for uh, that very hippie idea that we've talked about before of collective uh, consciousness. Oh, here that we go. That people, okay, but people shit on that, right? And it's kind of, in an abstract way, is a shittable Just so subject. everybody knows, Sam is indicating very emphatically at me every time he says hippie. Hippie. Well, I, because <laughs> I can relate. I just uh, wear suits and ties uh, to get away from the man. Uh, so the collective consciousness I think, is international But I'm violence. saying I think that comedy right now this is quite a stretch, but I, I want to hear your thoughts on it. I think that comedy right now, the more international it gets, spoken in different languages, but doing the same jokes in India and the UK and uh, Kenya and Alabama, you do the same jokes, you make people laugh. You're proving that there's a collective, you're proving there's a collective unconsciousness that we all share similar experiences as humans and maybe even similar thoughts whether you're in a fucking grass village in the middle of nowhere or you're in a fucking condo in the middle of the, yeah so uh that's more of a statement i meant for that to be a question so i'm just gonna say building collective bridges, unconsciousness baby. building bridges baby and a collective consciousness there's an unconscious and then a consciousness, like these beauty That's standards. That's what I meant. It's the consciousness. Well, yeah. the unco I mean, there's different layers, and I like that you said unconscious. Maybe it was an unconscious slip. Yeah, do, Freudian do, do, slip. Do. I want to fuck my mom. That was a <laughs> that was a collective consciousness. I want to kill my dad. Yeah. That's not me. That's that, not me. That's, that's the collective. That's everybody else. Yeah. yeah. That's the collective. That's, that's been programmed into me. Yeah, we're all Borg, and we want to fuck my mom. <laughs> what? Borg. Borg. That that was a, sorry. I went from hippie to nerd seamlessly. <laughs> it was really good. Anybody who's a hippie nerd like me, uh, that was really good. I usually know who Star Trek. Oh, the I'm robots. more like if I'm a nerd, I'm more like Dune. Dune. And, uh, wow. I get. I always. I'm Fear is the mind Dune. killer. Fear is the mind killer. Wherever I shall let it pass through oh, me. Oh, through me, and where fear passed, only I shall, shall remain. remain. Yeah, yeah. I've actually chanted that whenever that actually works. That's one of your mantras. Yeah. Mantra, but you know, it's all for you, however you want yeah, to Yeah, ma mantra. <laughs> namaste, not, not namaste. A, not only do I want it to be uh, very Americanized to mantra, but I also want to just slip in man there just to also have my sex. Oh, yeah. Too. I mean, you it's guys are mantra. stronger. Yeah, yeah. What do we need to march for? <laughs> what do we need? <laughs> why, why are we Dad, doing this? Dad's like, guys can take But it. why? <laughs> why they're marching? I mean, everybody knows. Guys are stronger. <laughs> that's and I'm like, what are we talking about? Like, number of push-ups? <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's why we're marching. We can do push-ups, too. It's yeah, like, like, nah, you can't. Obviously, your mom is the boss. But I could take her. 
in a fight. <laughs> it's like that's what? great. It's very advanced feminist. I also dialogue. like the fact that he he's saying that he would, even though if he's anything like my dad, he couldn't. Because if he were to like do anything, like if my dad, my dad could easily beat the shit out of my mom, but my mom rules my dad. Yeah. So if my dad ever laid a finger on my mom, that'd be it. He'd win the fight, but then he would die. Oh my you know what God. I mean? Like he would give her a black ba- eye, but then she battle, would definitely but stab. War lost. Yeah, battle exactly. one. Battle one, war lost. Oh my! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So with the, um, I mean, even like this gender duality, you know, is becoming is very it's it's exhausting that it's like us versus you guys when, as individuals, we all embody a masculine and feminine essence. Except for me, I'm very masculine. Yeah, he, that's his mantra. <laughs> that back in there. But that, you know, and the, that it's that we continue to perpetuate these I- images of duality and there's just this constant ussing and theming. And that's what I like about comedy, that we can build the bridges. Yeah, say. And it's like, oh, you know, my mom is not the feminist in my family, dad is. Yeah. You know, and then to make that a universal story instead of like, because I think Americans especially feel like, because it's so American centric, they forget that everybody else is going through shit. Yeah, and very similar shit, too. Going through, and very, very similar shit. I didn't know that until this last year. And, go like, being, going and uh, trying to learn a language, and your own family is making fun of you. You know, it's not like I go home and I have this fostered environment where it's like, oh, yes, we must maintain our roots. Yeah. And no, no, no. It's like a, it's a, it's a battle all the time, you know? And for me, with that Monique, if I want to say to somebody, you're beautiful, and give them a body image boost. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know what we call, um, uh, I like to say to, like, chubbier or huskier people that there's no way to celebrate that body type in English and in America, you know, in the American English language. But yeah, in, even chubby and husky is hard. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't even sound, like, yeah. cute or cuddly, you yeah. know? It's like, and then in I think, the, uh, what's his face, uh, Gabriel Iglesias was Gabriel. closest with fluffy. But even that, it's like, eh, I don't know. He's a big fatty McFat Fat, isn't he? Yeah, he's a big fat so. He's a big fluffy fat fat. We are monsters. <laughs> I'll say to somebody, you know, who's like kind of chubby, I'll be like, you know what we call your body type in my country? High cast. High cast. And I make this little mischievous face, you know, and I'm like, you are very abundant. Like, you do not know hunger. Making a joke about it, like, isn't that... Great. That That's you're great. Kind of yeah, yeah. Health, you're very, we, and we do. We yeah, say like those healthy. are the rich people. And I've had very skinny women say to me, and I'm like in my, you know, I'm always like, oh, I'd like to lose a pound or two here or there, but most of the time I'm like, who cares? Whatever. You yeah. know, everybody's on about something. And these girls have come up to me like, I want to be fat like you. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, what? <laughs> what did you do? You're like, I'll never be fat like you. And she was crying. This girl in Goa. Holy shit. And I'm like, she was so skinny, and I'm like, you're the beauty standard where I'm from, you know? And yeah, it's, yeah. Or like the skin lightening thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fucking weird to me. Um, just a little public service announcement. Skin lightening cream is the number one fast-moving consumer good in India. So for all you stock market people out there, get invested in uh, bleaches. Don't bother with toothpaste or soap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit about it. Unless it's bleaching soap. (laughs) Which they have. They have. They have that already. I was going to say we should do that. You know, and think like putting that out into the collective consciousness. Even that you are beautiful. You are beautiful. There's that mm, Chicago campaign. There's these guys going around putting you are beautiful all over the city. And I can hear everybody going like, oh, jeez, God, stupid. (laughs) It is cheesy, but it's nice. It is nice. And even if it's like on a very subtle level getting into some 
You know, like people don't tell each other that they're beautiful. And now we're all so scared of being like perceived as pervs. Not me. Oh, well, we're, we're out I'm and proud. I'm a goddamn perv. We're out and yeah. proud as pervs. I'm not going to let the patriarchy tell me whose pussy I can and cannot grab. If I want to grab my dad's pussy, because I'm a feminist. Now, I don't know if you noticed, but everybody that we listened to was a boy. I'll be goddamned. I did not really. Well, what? what or interna- men. Sorry. I was going to say, what, uh, what other international comedian? Maybe Margaret Cho, but I don't know. She's if she American. Tra- but th- I'm saying, does she travel internationally? I just don't know. I, I reckon she does. I know there's one woman. I know almost every big time American comedian does travel internationally, by the way. I want you guys to know this. But our list, we were trying to pick out people who. Who are already international. Who comics. are already international and then got big in America. And uh, I know, I mean, I know a lot. Well, and, and that's such an interesting um, qualifier to put on there because Virdas is obviously big everywhere that there's brown people, whether or not other comedians have even heard of him. Sure, yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm saying is, like, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be... Because Eddie Izzard was huge in Europe way before, and the only reason he got big here is because Robin Williams kind of knighted him the same way that Trevor Noah did. Trevor Noah already was huge in the UK and Africa before... Uh, John Stewart knighted him, and oh, then yeah. the Hollywood was, machine he, yeah, gets behind you, hit. and then you get a way. He's hanging out with like royalty. Yeah, doing shows for all these kings and queens, and he's like this young, beautiful kid. Like, oh, my existence is illegal. But that was my qualifier. But it's like now that you bring up women, I, I now I'm even stretching to figure out what woman is traveling internationally on that scale, and I am really having a hard time figuring out who that would... Maybe Joan Rivers before she died? I, I even mean, then? and then who's starting? I mean, I know one woman, and I feel so embarrassed that I can't even remember her name, uh, something Mirza, and she's a hijabi, she's a Muslim woman that covers her head, and she was... And it's so interesting having been in the game now, and then you start to see the structure. Yeah. You know, and it's not just about going on stage and being funny. Oh, no, there's a whole machine that fucking sucks and kills any bit of hippie soul that you have. And uh, that's why I hate comedy. We're going to do mushrooms immediately after oh, this podcast. Oh, I, I, need, I really need to do it. Don't a worry. Little... You're going to Canada now. I got to... Oh, shit. Canada. I got to figure out a... I got to figure out a new... Hey, any people in Toronto... Uh, please put please. them outside. Housewarming party is yeah, happening. Please uh, just find somebody that can get me mushrooms in Toronto because my regular thing is gone now. So I got to... We do, me and the wife do them, like, quarterly. That is so romantic. Yeah, it's great. I feel like I'm going to cry right now. She's the best. I introduced him to her. She's real. Yeah, she's a real human being. I don't lie about her. <laughs> I swear to God. I can't show you pictures. She's my girlfriend in Canada. And even... Um, and that's kind of... Like, when I was in India performing, I could get really lazy because there are no Indian... There are no women. There are no women, regardless if you're Indian or Pakistani or whatever. There are very, very few women... Who are on? I know one. Her name is Aditi Mittal, and she's from Punjab. Aditi Mittal. Yeah, and A D I T I M I T T A L. How and close she, was I to pronouncing that? Correct? Very good. Very okay. good. Great. Yeah. Just you know, if you mispronounce it, that's learning. I'm doing Rosetta Stone, so I can pronounce it once very well, and then after that, it'll fuck up. Or you're like the one-time parrot. Yes. I don't know what that means. Like you can repeat it back one time, and then it's gone. Yeah. 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 I yeah. even forgot her name. Chuck. I think it's so funny that people waste so much time with the hosting with like, oh no, I may or may not pronounce this name correctly, and I will now apologize. Well, because some people are assholes, and if you don't get their name right because their egos are so inflated, I I like when people fuck up my name, because then it gives me something to open to up To work with. on. Yeah. And I'm, so I've uh, dated a couple of in- in- raging egomaniacs, so that's kind of my comfort zone. 
we're all raging egomaniacs. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's we're like, talking has, in a basement your, into a microphone. Is your, is your ego <laughs> is your ego destroying right in front of my eyes? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like, good stuff. You know, and especially because my name gets made messed up all the time, which I think is not, you but know. But if people know enough Indian people, they'll know that your last name's like Smith. Yeah. There's, everyone has your name. Yeah, everybody. I mean, there's over a billion of us, too. So it's like, if you look me up on Facebook, you there are a lot of Sonal Agarwals. Yes. For sure. So many. I'm I'm like, Jesus Christ, looking through, scrolling. I have another. Well, my, and they are hot. We are hot. We're yeah. All of us. Beautiful. Agarwals. Some chubbers. Great, great lineage there. Some chubbers in there. They're healthy. High cast. Yeah, they're high cast. <laughs> they're fluffy. They're fluffy high cast. Uh... Yeah, one of my uh, another friend of mine who's Indian from Chicago, uh, also named Agarwal. Uh, oh yeah, Suba. Suba, yeah. We haven't met, but so many people have asked me if we're related. I'm sure people are asking her now. I should reach out to her. Like, <laughs> there you go. We should have like a meeting. The S Agarwals. They tried to give me one of her checks at Laugh Factory. I did not take it. Oh, you should have taken it. So she doesn't fuck, fuck you. <laughs> Suba. They uh, apologized for misspelling my name. It was hilarious. I'm like, that's not my name. I still, to this day, uh, call her uh, a narwhal. Because now, anytime I hear Agarwal, I just think of narwhals with the unicorn horns. I love narwhals. Yeah. So, anytime I hear your last name, I think of narwhals. And so, now that's your spirit animal in my head. That's beautiful. Yeah. They're like the you're unicorns a, of the sea. Yeah, you're the unicorn of the sea. God, that's amazing. But so once you hop out of the narwhal. sea, you're just like a Canadian. Okay, cool. And so, then I'm like anytime I see you on water, bridges. I'm going to be like, wow, that's the most beautiful thing in the world. And then whenever you come out and be like, oh, okay, we'll just talk jokes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's powerful for me also that I haven't come up with any women. You know, like Monique. So the thing about the body, if somebody's got a body image issue and I'm like, you're beautiful, you're abundant, na na na, it's one thing. But if I put on Monique and she's doing this hilarious, like, skinny bitches are able and need to be destroyed, it's a totally different voice. Yeah, it's than you've ever, at least to that point. Than me one-on-one -on -one yeah, 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 speaking sure. with you. And if I put on, you know, if I find an Eddie Izzard bit... That's like something that I'm trying to say to you, but you're not listening to me, but you're going to listen to Eddie. Yeah. Well, Eddie Izzard, I think, was my... Uh, Spirit animal. Well, my Monique. when I Because I, I, my mom uh, found him somehow when I was like in seventh grade and got a VHS and we watched uh, Glorious was the first one that I ever watched. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and I watched it like right when it came out. <laughs> that's And that's really his cool. comedy, I was like, when I was younger, I was like, this is... This, this is the guy. Yeah. That's that's a side of me that is not on stage uh, anymore, but that is like a deep seated like. What what side of you is that on stage? Just that weird, fucking crazy dude. Like he's the weirdest guy ever. He's the he weirdest. talks about sheep. He's a. Uh, uh, he's wearing like six inch heels. Uber. He's a. He's uber sexual. Like loves women. Like I'm pretty sure he's a slut because yeah. he's not married. Uh, every. Like, little documentary I've seen of him. He's no always... No slut shaming, by the way. Yeah, but, like, in a good way. He's, like, yeah. a slutty slut. Uh, but he's also a transvestite. I don't know what the right term... He's a transvestite, where he's a straight man dressing up in women's clothing. So, n no part of... And he also speaks, like, four languages. So, no part of him was familiar to me as a seventh grader growing up in Wichita, Kansas. But uh, when I heard his comedy, like you with Monique... For some reason, he was speaking my language, where I was like, yep, everything you're saying, I'm like, I'm down with. So, I think that was, uh, I think I was lucky for that to be my intro into comedy, that it was a voice from so far away, from such a different perspective, and yet going like, oh, we have so much in common. I mean, 
seventh grade. I didn't see Monique in that Queens of Comedy until I was 18. But I definitely remember just like staying up watching Adult Swim, all those cartoons on the, on uh, Cartoon Network, Comedy Central, yeah, right? Yeah, That's yeah. Comedy Central. That was like a no. Uh, Adult Swim was on Cartoon, Cartoon Network. Network. Yeah, yeah, but it was weird shit. That's yeah, yeah. Like, this is not meant for kids. Yeah, yeah. Not, and Comedy Central, and just always flipping in Comedy Central, and you didn't even care who the comics were. There was just something so intriguing about like there's there's this huge stage, one microphone, and one dude generally you yeah. know sometimes a lady who's and they're just speaking into this audience and you're like wow that is very powerful and it's weird that you can relate with and that I it didn't matter if it's like some white dude yeah it doesn't matter who dude. it is that you're funny there's a weird tuning fork that goes off where you're like oh shit someone that grew up nothing like me somehow we're they're talking about something I'm completely relating with I like that. I, that's always my favorite thing to have. Now it doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes I'd watch Comic View and be like, "What the fuck? You, what, what the fuck is relaxer? I don't know what the hell is going on." Or like, "You're a psycho. Calm down." And that worries me. Like, you see a lot of um, duality with people on stage and off stage are so completely different, which I think is you know quite extraordinary. But it can be you know scary sometimes. It's like, "Oh no, you're oh you're not that person. Or, you need help." Are you okay? <laughs> you know, like, I mean, you also, uh, both of I feel like we're not so different on stage. I mean, I don't know what you're liking now with otherwise. With me, I feel like no, you're I'm, pretty similar. Yeah, no, no. You're I'm, just a more amped version of yourself. I'm more angry. I say, yeah. Well, no, I'm angry off stage, just not around comics. So, yeah, no, I'm about the same. Are you angry? You seem I so. have anger issues, yeah. But you also walk in gratitude and... Well, yeah, that's usually what happens. I, I I only experience two emotions, which is like happy and fury. Being woke is very infuriating, isn't it? Um, I would like to blame it on my intelligence of being woke, <laughs> but it is simply I think I'm still a child. Like, it's just adult temper change. Like today, I almost threw my computer because it was going too slow. Like, I just have like a very short fuse. I used to pick a lot of. I've been in a lot of fights. I haven't won any. One day I'm hoping I will, but one day. Yeah. I'm a bully, so I just kind of like talk shit, and then I'm like, oh no, I can't really fight. <laughs> I I might me. be a bully. I'm too small to be. A, I'm just a shit talker. Well, My spirit animal. That's kind of that can be very. You can you have no idea what kind of psychological warfare you're capable of. Oh, that's a scary thing to just uh -oh. drop. But it's true, and that's kind of now the I'm excited with comedy. Like you don't even you don't even know the little ripples that barely have any effect on, you know, the surface of our existence can be creating tidal waves for people that's, like, I always think it's yeah, so like funny. you and me. I mean, that was, yeah, but continue. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I, I walked into some, I wasn't on stage or anything, I walked into some, um, like, party thing on the West Coast, so you think people are, like, real cool and right, and this massive dude with, like, he looked like a Hell's Angel or something, you know? He may have been one. He may have been a Hell's Angel, and I'm like... Nice jacket, dork. Did your mom get that for you? Like, thinking that I'm being funny. Yeah, yeah. And he turns around and he's like, I really miss my mom. <laughs> I just Whoa. got really upset. And, I'd and I'm like tiny compared to this guy. You know, I'm like this little mouse apologizing to the lion. Like, I did not mean. Did you walk into a poetry open mic and that's and you thought it was a comedy open mic? It so was... he was like mid. Like, <laughs> my mom is gone. I've never had a family. And you're like, hey, nice jacket, dork. And dork. he's like, I was trying to hold it together. <laughs> That's what happened. You thought you were in a comedy environment. Well, and things where you experience your own stereotypes, where you're like, you are physically big, therefore emotionally tough. 
Or something. It's actually, that just, that's not the... No, that's... That's it's totally opposite. But, but, like, you could take it a little bit. You know, like, you could take a little teasing because you're a big dude and you could just whack me down with one punch. Yeah, your whole dad-mom dynamic. Yeah. 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 Your dad's bigger, so that way he can beat up your mom. Um, I had a little incident in the... I stay out in the suburbs of Chicago, and one of the perks is that I go to this pool, and there's a sauna in there, and it's like the co-ed sauna. So it's sometimes some ladies in there, and then like these older white gentlemen that all look exactly the same to me. And today, there were these wait, guys... Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to gloss over that, but I just wanted to say, okay, so all the older white gentlemen look the same? Okay, cool, cool, cool. And today, these guys from corporate were in there, and they're asking... You know, do you guys have any... And this older woman is in the sauna and she's like, we need to have a dress code in the swimming pool. And I'm like, isn't there already a dress code? Like, you're not allowed to be naked. Is that <laughs> dress code. She's like, there are women who are completely covered going into the pool. And I'm like, are you talking about like a burkini? Yeah, yeah. You know, or a Muslim thing? And I'm walking in and I'm like, I'm brown and I am rowdy yeah. and I'm down. I'm and about I'm to like, say some shit. I'm looking at her and there's the fire in my eyes and I'm like, calm the fire because you don't want to just explode everywhere. You want to direct it towards purposeful action. So I was like, not cool what you're saying, lady. Not. And I was like, okay, me, I'm not being cool. Relax. Why does that make you uncomfortable? You know, and she's like, because it's a hygiene thing. Nah, nah, nah. And it turned in one of one of the women ended up like just throwing her arms up in the air and storming out of the sauna, you know? And then from that point, it was like, we need to create a space where we can express our opinions and that's allowed. And people don't get emotionally triggered to the point where it's just like, ah, fuck you, fuck you. And then suddenly like everyone just explodes out of there. Well, that's, uh, yeah, too many people are children. Too many people, and that's why comedy, I think, is so powerful because it's like if you can anchor everybody into a little funny moment, yeah, where it's like, hey, this is crazy. Why are we in a fight? I don't even know you. Relax. Hi, my name is Sono. You know, and then the ladies who were in there who stayed after she stormed out, then we were all laughing and smiling, and it was like, okay, everything's fine. I wonder why um, people get like. So I do have anger issues, and I can understand being so angry that you can't deal with it but it's weird that like being offended is a very strange thing to me and it may be because of who i am and where i'm from but like i've had insulting things but being offended by something is something that i know this woman i you said that it was like a uh, a hygiene thing in her head. In her head, whatever she is. Yeah, but I, I, I'm equating this to like people going like, I'm offended by what you said. It's like, I can understand insulting. Like if I say you, Sono, are a bitch, that's insulting. And then of course you get angry. But if I say like women are bitches, then it's not definitely directed at you. So in my head, I go like if I if someone said like all guys are idiots or something like that, I don't get offended. Because it's not about me. You just made it about a swath of men. I go, well, why do you... I, it's, I about, immediately... it's about me. And my, like, why do you feel that way? Yeah, I go, why do you feel that way? Because then it, until she goes like, see, you, you prove that guys are... And then it, then it's on me. Then I'm insulted. But being offended has never... Uh, I've, I don't think I've ever been offended by something. Well, that's I just... because you're on a path of understanding. Where you're like, I want to I also to have a understand. lot of privilege, too. Oh, yeah, how's that working out? Oh, it's, it's great. I wish I could give you some. It feels and tastes good. I mean, I'd, I'd uh, brown privilege is pretty good. And it doesn't come with any of the white guilt. 
Well, white guilt doesn't, uh, or white privilege doesn't come with white guilt. Does it not? No, 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 no. I felt, I felt like they're like... No, that's people being dumb, that they think that they have to feel bad in order to be good. <laughs> that's, that's just white, I mean, that's every white song, is that, like... The where do you think like grunge music and Kurt Cobain killing himself? Like white people just like to feel bad. Because I guarantee. I guarantee if black people were in charge, but in you power, know what I mean. There wouldn't be black guilt. There would just be black people. Well, going because like, yeah. they wouldn't be like mean to everybody else. Well, yeah. That, but that's what I'm saying. Like white people feel like they have to feel bad on behalf. And that's why I feel like they go together because you see these people in power and privilege, but then they're so sensitive and they're so trigger happy and everything makes them upset and everything's like it's such a vulnerable power and then they feel bad all the time and it's like oh my god i'm so but sorry that's the i'm so sorry i don't know how to pronounce the white people i'm so sorry i don't know how to speak any other languages the white people who have uh privilege and or sorry the white people who have um white guilt are the ones that also have uh like class like they have money you talk to any like poor white person that grew up most of us don't have white guilt because we had other shit to worry about okay whereas people who were pretty well off and white you have nothing you, you like there was no confrontation in your life so you, they don't know how to deal with confrontation so they immediately go to i i feel bad and get away from me this yeah, yeah I, don't, I, I just i'm sorry Remove the external. Yeah, yeah. whereas it, if you grew up with some confrontation i don't have white guilt because it's like well you have to prove to me that i i don't like, I, I guess the, the amount of white guilt I have is that I'll admit that I'm wrong, but I think that's just being a human being. Like, if I say something fucked up and someone goes like, whoa, what the fuck was that? And then I go, yeah, yeah, sorry, I, oops. But I think that's just being a human being. I don't immediately think that, like, the, there was a woman the other night, uh, uh, we were watching the Grammys, and uh, she was cool. I, I think she's great. I, if you're listening, I can't remember your name, but you were really cool. But she did say something very ignorant when she thought I was being ignorant, because I looked at... Uh, Beyonce, I was like, is Beyonce like trying to be the sun? Well, I, I, yeah, all her gold. But I was asking, I was like, is she trying to be like, is that like an Indian look or is she trying to be like Muslim? Like, I couldn't figure out if that was a hijab or a. Headdress. What, what is, yeah, you just I, I, I was understand. just like, what the fuck is that? Because uh, it was very just culturally androgynous and I didn't fucking know. Uh, and then she was like, whoa, racist. And I'm like, <laughs> It's not racist. And she's like, yeah, it is. I'm like, no, it'd be racist if I said, why the fuck is that black woman on my TV? That's racist. But asking why, like, w what the fuck is she wearing? She's an American girl. She's an American Christian woman from the South. I think I can be able to ask why the fuck she's wearing whatever her gold. Because she at the time, she wasn't performing. She was doing that, like, gold envelope thing. So I was just like, what the fuck is she wearing? That's a very odd. It'd be the same thing as if. Like, the first time I saw Eddie Izzard, of like, why is that man in a dress right now? Yeah. And then you just go, oh, he's a transvestite. And they go, oh, oh okay. It's like, there's, yeah. do you hate transvestites? Yeah, it's like, like no, it's just I'm question. asking. And that's that, out I mean, of the norm, so that, I have to now ask. Now, that's a whole different exploration. Like, why is everybody so reactive? And why is Well, she was white, by the way. The, but so I is think, that like a white guilt thing? I, yes, that was 100% white guilt of, oh, I have to stamp... It's uh, Tanny and I, my wife, uh, who is not white. We talk about this all the time. White guilt, uh, a lot of times, and like, uh, I don't mean this in a derogatory, but it's the only term I know. The social justice warriors that are white, that their white guilt is on behalf of somebody. It's never 
fighting for actual equality. It's like, oh, I have to fight on behalf of somebody because they're not Very here. So I have to, my guilt makes me stand in for what I think a black person would Which want is then me. why but then white you're people like, don't do the Indian accent, for example, because they're like, no, I stand on behalf of them. Yeah. They and it's like, like you're them. fighting for people who don't need you to fight for them. You stand up for your, what do you believe? Do you believe what I said is racist? Then fine. Then I guess what I said is racist, but I think by definition you're wrong but it's like don't fight i say don't fight on behalf of other people fight on behalf of yourself because now you're like white knighting for people which is oddly as it's not racist but it is kind of insulting yeah. th that you're not treating a whole swath of people as individuals well and also then perpetuating again the duality and this us and them yeah and like me i need to help them instead of like no we're just a yeah. we and maybe like, I, like i find that offensive or insulting not uh, hey let me speak because it's like so have you done comedy in any other countries uh canada that's still another country yeah that, i mean in my mind it's like that must be easier because they must be like open to they're just kind of nicer okay y'all are nice yeah can't hey thanks canada for taking nice. me in uh true and for me true doe true doe uh true doe <laughs> so uh that's real fun i haven't heard that yet um no, so I haven't, but I also haven't had a, a lot of opportunity to travel. I'd love to see you over in like Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah, something. me too. You know, or Australian Fringe, because then, then it's like comedy. Beside, I mean, stand up is only one element of comedy. Yeah, you know? like I've seen some of the most brilliant, like silent circus props types of thing where a guy's like taking a bunch of juggling clubs on stage and then just does a bunch of stuff with his face. Yeah, or something. Rowan Atkinson. I had a whole episode on his whole one-man show. Is that Mr. Bean? Yeah, Mr. Bean. <sighs> Mr. Bean. He's great, and he's, like, one of the biggest Rowan, comedians. Rowan, great name. Rowan. Rowan accent. Yeah, but, like, Mr. Bean, the, I, I saw a documentary on him a while ago where there was, what like... What a work ethic. Oh, my God. Oh, that, yeah. That's well, one thing getting into the game, like, y'all work very hard, so do not hate. I'm speaking into the microphone now. Don't like, oh, you're a comedian. That must be real chill. Well, you can't say you all. You, you're part of it now. I don't put in as much. As, I mean, I see as much as y'all. Well, you may in. not be good, but you're you're a comedian. <laughs> you don't have to say you all. You say we. 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 Yeah. we work so hard. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. The, I've, I've told many people that uh, uh, when you become your own boss, especially in comedy, like I'm simultaneously the best boss I've ever had and the worst. Because I'm the best because I can just take a lunch break whenever I want. I can have a video playing while I'm working. But I'm the worst boss because uh, from the moment I close my eyes to when I open my eyes, my boss is going like, well, you got to work. Somebody else is working harder than you, so you got to work. And I'm like, can I fuck my wife right now? Can can you please get away from me, no. boss? No. Nah. You had your I'm gonna three sit minutes. here. You watch the clock and show how much time you're not fucking working. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean that's. Oh, I. I by the way, I, I heard you say it. you had your three minutes. <laughs> I, I purposely ignored it to steamroll over you. With, how dare you think I can go more than two minutes? I knew you were going to Yeah, that's where I was going to go. All right, we got to wrap this up because we're hitting uh, right on an hour. And I just, well, I want to... Make um, your point. That I think that the word even is, is only one element of the comedy. You know, like you see somebody like Fluffy get on stage. It doesn't matter what country you're in. You're laughing already. Yeah, yeah. Like, who is this dude? Because he's a big fluffy fan. And he's fuck. a big hippie, too. He's yeah, yeah. like unity through laughter. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, hashtag unity through laughter. So comedy is a visual and auditory medium. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Energetic collective consciousness. Yeah, everybody, just 
rewind this, put on some incense, <laughs> smoke a bowl, uh, and then right when we cut, eat a whole bag of mushrooms. All right, we got to get you to your last couple of gigs in the Chi-Town City. Yeah, nobody says Chi-Town City, by the way. No? No. I'm uh, a dork. Yeah, no, that was very apparent from Dude, does, Go. That's what we say in suburbs, and it's real cool. We say Chi-Town City. <laughs> so when we're outside of Chicago, everybody's like, wow, she's super street. <laughs> she's so do you know Michael Jordan? Do you know Kanye West? <laughs> No. Because you, he says... Ew, Chance, Chance. No, sorry, sorry, Chance. I don't know why he said Kanye. Sorry, Ch he's wearing a sorry now? Sorry. Oh. Ah, you don't like my <laughs> pun? My and dumb pun? We will put a dot on it. I was going to say period, dot, that, something. Yeah, this is terrible. That oddly seems racist. <laughs> I'm going to be the girl that was... <laughs> that is so ignorant. That is, why would you, you know, say that? On, a, on behalf... My brown brothers and sisters. On behalf of you, you offended yourself. Yeah. <laughs> That's white Sorry. girl right there. Uh, all right. Do you have anything you want to plug or say before we go? Because we're just going to get out of here. Uh, I'm really excited to get see Sam get up there and do his thing and be angry and charming at the same time and an inspiration. To? The world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That, as globe. long as we keep it international. The globe. This is an international movement. Hey, we got people in Europe listening to this. And in India, I have a couple of people. And South America. Nice. So, yeah. hey. This episode. Tweet at me. Yeah, not this one. Nobody's going to listen to this. <laughs> uh, but tweet at me at isamcomedy.com.com. Don't put a .com on there. That'd be weird. Uh, but tweet at me, and then don't, uh, like you always do. I can't remember the guy's name. There's a couple guys that'll tweet at me in a different language, and then I can't read it. The Google Translate. It doesn't do very well. Um, and so... So just write in the other languages more clearly. Yeah, so just Google write Translate. in my language, because I'm American, and I don't want to put forth effort, even though you like me a Ew, lot. Ew, other languages. Get Ew, them out gross. of here. Uh, I'm going to say goodbye now, but I want you to take us out in whatever language you want to take. I'm going to let you have the reins to say goodbye to everybody. तो अगर तो तुम्हारे दिमाग बंद हो गया, दिल भी बंद होता है ना, तो तुम्हारे मुंह भी बंद रख ले। सत्सिद्धियाकाल, हरियोम, ओम तत्सत, नमस्वाय, मशाल्लाह, हफ हफेदस, अफाद, I don't know, okay, bye. Did you choose the one that your parents make fun of you with? <laughs> you chose the shittiest one. No, that was good. That was good. I, was said a bunch good? Of, I just said a bunch of heart stuff. Like, if your mind's closed and your heart stays closed, so keep your damn mouth closed. Too. I feel like you spoke with too much of an accent. Yeah, that's offensive. No, I mean like an American accent. Like, I feel like... Oh, I toned it down? Well, I want to make sure, you know, I don't want to be intimidating. <laughs> I don't want to make anyone... I just ordered a latte. <laughs> you just ordered pizza over here. You're just like, all right, I'd like a pepperoni slice, but it sounds great to me where I'm like, wow, she's saying something fucking deep right there. No, totally non-threatening. Just pizza and lattes. I would have loved it if you would have just, like, were saying, like, the N-word <laughs> like, over and over and over again. Fuck the white man. <laughs> <laughs> like, Putos gringos! Yeah, I, I know that when I worked in kitchens. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, love you all to death. Go out and find your own comedy. We don't know shit. Uh, love you. Bye. Bye.